The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! special host we have today. Welcome back. I think we got this all ready to go and shared, so it's up to you to start the show. We're up and running. Let's do it. Let's go. Hello, everyone. How you doing? My name is David Consoli. I am the guest host of the Paying Attention podcast at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Today, I have some uh, great guests coming in. We're going to talk about public safety in the city of Methuen. So, But before I do, I want to thank my sponsors, uh, Century 21, McClellan Real Estate, uh, Matt we're going to try to get him in in the next couple of weeks again. He did a great uh, show with us talking about the real estate market. Yeah. And uh, that was, and he's a foodie too, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Marsan and Some Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, uh, the Doug Mercurio Law Office, uh, Borelli's Deli. Um, when Tom comes back, we're going to have to start the sandwich of the day again. Yeah. Uh, Tomo Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England, uh, AFC Urgent Care in Methuen, Andover, and Haverhill. Uh, my company, Pleasant Valley Landscape Contractors. And on a side note, we are closed for the season, and we are not taking on any new snow plowing accounts. So people oh. are calling every day asking right. about uh, snow removal. I guess it's becoming hard to get, but uh, we're completely booked. Uh, Part 28 loaded in the Zanny Pesh Law Office. Our friend uh, Jane Pesh even though Tom says it wrong every week. Uh, And a free shout-out to uh, JG's Ice Cream. So to my left, um, we're going to get right into this. To my left is Methuen Fire Chief uh, Tim Sheehy and Methuen Police Chief Scott McNamara. Thank you both for coming in. Thank you. And I wanted to bring you guys in today to talk about uh, public safety, uh, the challenges that you guys face um, in today's environment where everyone's having a problem staffing um, after COVID. Now you guys went through hell during COVID, right? And yep. It was a lot of lot of medical calls. We'll start with you, Tim. What's the biggest challenge that you guys face uh, moving forward in the fire department? Um, well, there's a the, the new thing is there's a lot of mental health issues, and it's <clears throat> we really have to start doing some. No, Scott and his department um, they're getting some new um, <clears throat> people on board to help with that. Um, also, it's a retaining help. So we don't, 
EMTs were down, I think, after COVID, um, down 250,000 like a year ago in the country. Mm-hmm. So we're getting, it's getting hotter and hotter. A lot of people aren't doing it because they don't really pay a lot for basic EMT. Not so much in the fire department, but in, in the private sector. So you have people doing, I mean, you're, you're probably paying your workers a lot more than you used to, right? Yes, and, the last uh, four years, yep. So even like unskilled labor or something like that with like, say you're just, you know, you working uh, in a restaurant and you're just working out back doing, um, you know, anything, dishwashing or anything. These people are all making... $20, $25 an hour to get them in the door. So people, you know, on the private EMTs aren't making, you know, making $10 less than that an hour. So um, what's happening is, like, we, we, we're, Lawrence is relying on Methuen, North Ando, and Andover to cover them quite a bit because they're, they're a private ambulance service run through the Lawrence General, but it's just hard to retain help when people leave. Is it only in the EMT side or is it firefighters as no, well? No, we go, we go a lot in the, I mean, Someone's calling for help. You have to go. It doesn't matter, right? That's just the way the system works. But for fires, no. We go to Lawrence, Haverhill, Salem, New Hampshire, quite a bit, North Danover, and they they return. You know. Yeah, I have a 93 year old dad, and on a couple occasions, um, he had a medical issue, and now they show up with an engine, and they show up with the ambulance mm. as well. So they give them uh, immediate care. Is that yeah? That the way it, it works? Is- yeah. So we have 106 right now. Every one of them's an EMT. It's part of the job. You have to maintain it um, and try part of the, your working conditions. Um, and so that truck will get there first, and you know, render aid, whatever. To, you know, sometimes it could be a code, just could be someone not feeling. Well. We don't go on every one if it's like a priority three, but we go to we go to a, quite a bit of them, and you know, the EMTs can start working on package them up before the ambulance. Are gets you there. finding that there's more medical calls? Um, mm. than anything than anything else versus a car accident or a small fire or something like that. Yeah, well, when you're in the EMS end of it, and you you have you know fire based EMS, um, you know that's going to be a majority of your calls. We still we still go in the same amount of fire calls that like a community of this size would go on, but because we have that, we're like I think we're probably going to go over nine thousand uh, calls this year. Wow. And Chief McNamara, are you finding a lot of um, opioid-related calls? Yeah, we, we sure are. In fact, we've kind of seen a spike in the last, like, three months. Um, hard to say what's really driving that, maybe the strength of the fentanyl that's, that's been hitting the streets, but um, that's been a problem. Um, it's been a difficult struggle dealing with that, as well as um, we've seen a, quite a spike in terms of fraud and identity theft cases. That's a pervasive problem, not just here in Methuen, but nationwide. Um, a lot of tragic outcomes there, people that are losing quite a bit of money and getting taken advantage of. Is so that an online thing? I know that they're focusing, like my, my mom got <clears> scammed. <throat> she was really upset uh, on her computer. She gave them some personal information in the credit card. Uh, my mom's 85 years old. It was quite traumatic for her. And sure it is. seems like they're, they're preying on the elderly. Absolutely. And um, I'll be honest, we find a new angle every month. So we go we go over all the reports every month. We have a, a monthly staff meeting that we, we uh, call CompStat, where every report is scrutinized. And I'm seeing something brand new that I've never heard of before every month. Um, and, you know, it's, it's difficult dealing from it from an enf- enforcement perspective. A lot of these, you know, these people are in different countries that are scamming with doing residents. And it's almost impossible to track them down. Um so really, the best we can do in many cases is uh, attack it through education. So, um, you know, we, we try to do a lot of outreach in terms of our social media platforms, in terms of like going to uh, the senior center and, and other locations. Um, 
one of the things that I just learned of yesterday, and I, I thank the mayor for this and our new IT director, but they hired a, a new employee that's going to work in the IT department who's going to uh, spend some time at the police department um, th that's going to deal firsthand with victims and try to walk them through situations and, and get them into a better place so they can kind of protect themselves from being victimized in the future. Yeah, it's 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 pr it's pretty sad. So how about violent crime? Uh, how are we doing with, uh, you know, assaults, gun violence? Uh, are we are we have we improved after COVID, or what's the statistics telling us? What the stats are telling us we're 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 either level or down, just almost across the board, um, in, in in all of our crime categories. Where we're where we're getting hurt again is the um, the fraud, the um, opioid abuse, and um, what was the other thing? What was the other thing you touched on? The over, oh. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. Well, those are, I'm sorry, my apologies. That's okay. Those are, the, those are the two major issues. Yeah, so when you took over, how, how many years have you been on the job now? Um, 25 in Lawrence before I came here, and now two here in Methuen. Two here in Methuen. And what changes have you done on the department in the last two years? I, I, I've heard through the grapevine that morale is way up since you've taken over. So apparently the people that are under you like your management style. Well, let me say I had inherited a great situation. I mean, just a great, a wonderful uh, group of men and women who work at the Methuen Police Department that really truly want to, they're in this uh, profession for all the right reasons. They want to service the citizens of Methuen. Um, so just a wonderful situation. And in and, and terms of um, what I brought to the department, um, in many ways, I think I'm just kind of getting out of the way and, and giving them the freedom and the autonomy to do the job the, the way it should be done. You know, let them make decisions in the field. I come from the perspective that I, I, I trust their judgment and unless or until um, they do something to lose my trust, um, you know, that they should, they should feel confident out there making decisions in the field. And um, there's all kinds of ways for police officers to make a difference out there, but the biggest difference is proactive activity. Yeah, um, I, want, I want to touch on that. I, um, I had all my crews out working out in the field, and one day I came back to my shop, and I was putting some parts away, and a Methuen police officer pulled into the parking lot. His name mm -hmm. was Paul Ramirez. Yeah. He pulled in with his cruiser. He got out, gave me his card, and said, introduced himself. He said, part of the community policing. I want to let you know that we patrol the area. If mm -hmm. you have any concerns... And I thought that was really great that they were being proactive to get to know the people in, sure. the, in the industrial park. Yeah. And, um, is that a new thing or? That's, that's one of the, the primary things that we're pushing here in the department is um, um, proactive citizen engagement, you know, officer led citizen engagement. We do a lot of things that are scripted, you know, for example, you know, we'll, we'll go to the senior center for an event or, or we'll do various, you know, various things that, that everyone's aware of in the community. But what's not being seen is, is those proactive police officers that we encourage them at least once a day, get out of your cruiser, um, interact with the citizen, just like officer uh, Ramirez interacted with you. It could be something as simple as that. It could be stopping at a bus stop with children waiting for the bus in the morning and just um, speaking to those kids or walking into a business and um, speaking to the patron, speaking to the owner, introducing yourself, um, uh, learning what their name is, giving them yours. To me, that's really um, the good stuff. I mean, Policing is, um, it, it, by nature, it's unfortunate, but we tend to find people at their worst. It can be an adversarial uh, um, type of profession. But I think the way that you kind of measure yourself, it's good for the police officers and good for the community to kind of find people on an even keel and interact with them when they're, when they're at their best. And, uh, okay, speaking that. of proactive, 
your guys will show up with a fire engine, right. go through our building, talk about the potential pitfalls. What kind of inspections do you guys do? Well, you have um, the fire prevention uh, unit and and code, you know, code enforcement. But um, besides that, like the guys that you'll see out there, besides, you know, Assistant Chief Fluett, Captain Telly, Captain Blanchett. I'm, I got to tell you, <laughs> Assistant Chief Fluett and Captain Tully were instrumental in helping me awesome. when I didn't know what I was doing, building a commercial building, mm-hmm. talking about the codes and what I had to have. Those guys were were absolutely fantastic. They're great. Yeah. Uh, Mike's one of the best in the, the area. Matt, master electrician, puts systems in and stuff. So he he, he already, you know, yeah, was doing helped. that stuff anyway. So, yeah, they're both great. They're all great. Uh, Tracy Blanchett's good. Uh, now we have Jeff Slattery is a captain, so along with Tracy. So they, they all do a good job. But it's like you can't keep up. There's just so much building and so much code enforcement and, and just so many things that you have to have a lot so of people. they have a lot of time for. And you have, like, third-party reviews. So you have companies coming in. If you're doing a big project, they can't take all that time to do it. So you have another company will come in that will be put on to the build, you know, a third-party review, which is what's going on in every other city and town. It's just... You know, they want to get the project rolling, but um, we also like you'll see the the truck come out with uh, you know, from some firefighters on it. So every fall, we start right at the end of the summer, usually it takes a couple months. We go to every business, um, it's yeah, more they- of a familiar familiarity. It's not like we're coming out to say, Hey, you don't have this, but yes, you do have to have some things. We'll come back and say, Hey, you know, you missed your fire extinguisher, um. First um, thing they check when they walk through the door yep. is my fire extinguisher tags. And you have a system, we'll pull it, make sure it's working. And if it's not, we'll just say, hey, get somebody in to do it so that you know. Another thing is we have Knox boxes on the uh, all the buildings. We'll have keys. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah but, but someone like you, it's like, it's for the benefit so that if I we know. have to get in the building as a broken pipe, we don't have to break your door on top of it. As a matter of fact, Captain Fluid sent me a link uh, for the company. For the Knox box. Yeah, yeah, you buy the Knox box. We put, put it in, put it in <laughs> that, and I have yet to do it. So, so I came in for a fuel permit a few years back. Uh, you actually helped me. I needed a diesel fuel permit. And you kind of walked me around the central fire station. Mm. It's tight. <laughs> yeah, it's tight. It is tight. Yeah. So I was talking to uh, Chief McNamara off the air about... Uh, conversations I've had on this show with Mayor Perry about a public safety building. Is that ever going to happen? I mean, we've really, well, I'm here, you, guys, you guys are buying fire engines that are custom made. I mean, like, like, like for instance, the firehouse on Swan Street, that place is tiny. Yeah, so, so to, to bring that up, the, the last truck that we bought, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get a custom made because it make, they take like three years to come in. So we ordered another one, which will come in in two years, which will go into that station. But right now we ordered one that was, we had to cut the bumper down off the front and all this stuff. So it fits probably, I'm not joking, by less than a foot. So you get crammed in there. You know, so would but, you ever change that location and get even just another East End location? Oh, yeah, we, we, we could. I mean, we, we're getting a, a, an engine to uh, go in there at some point. I mean, they've been talking about that since 05. It was on committee, but... It's just the administrations change, you know, so you could, it, it takes so long to do something like that. So even if you're in for six years, someone has to get it going and then someone else has to take the ball. Would that be beneficial to have like the um, yeah. dispatch for police and fire all in one building? Like uh, Andover, yeah. if you, have you seen the Andover police and fire? Sure, it's beautiful. Sure. They have a, they have a really nice place and that's been there for a while now. So it's, it's, it's very frustrating when, um, if you've ever listened to a, one of our 911 calls come in, they're routed through the police station first. So you have somebody calling saying, for example, my husband's having a heart attack and our 911 personnel are taking the information. And then ultimately we're going to transfer that call to the fire department. 
and that person finds themselves repeating the Everything. same thing. And, <laughs> and they're wondering, wait a minute, I just spoke to someone. Why am I being transferred? But that's, that's the mechanism in, in which we need to communicate. It's unfortunate. Now, if we're all in the same room, that, that would be seamless and uh, more beneficial to the community. Has there been any discussion about doing something like that? Yeah, I think if the With I this think administration right anyway. now it's a little bit it's hard to do in two different buildings, but um, plus our, our dispatchers are also firefighters, so they have like civilian dispatchers as a firefighter, so they rotate in onto the ambulance and stuff. So right now we have three, and yeah, uh, they have to be bilingual. I'm assuming not necessarily, but yeah. I think that's a good idea. Um, we've hired. Uh, at least four or five dispatchers in the last two years, and each one of them is bilingual. Um, but this has been a, a topic of discussion now for probably a decade or more in terms of potential regionalization of um, dispatch. And unfortunately, you, you, you'd think that, that would, there would be cost yeah. savings inherent in that, but that just really hasn't been the case. So I'm, I'm opposed to the regional dispatch uh, concept so, for the cost reasons yeah. and, and other reasons that I could touch on, but I am in favor of locally uh, having police and fire under the same roof. I think that that would be beneficial to our community. Yeah, even the central fire station is tight. You got, that's oh, super old, that's tight. A, that's, that's an old building. Buildings don't fit in. Any of the arch doors, we have the, you know, the, the yeah, Floyd so ambulance. When, when we had the mayor on, they were, they were doing testing behind me at the old Batty property for a new DPW facility. And mm. um, one of the things he said, he'd like to get police, fire, and DPW, but that's not centrally located. No. I mean, the Shoddy's property burnt down. Uh, I don't know it if right they there, yeah. yeah, it's it's right there, and you guys... I think they're developing it, though, now, right? Uh, they, I have no yeah, idea, yeah, but I'm gonna, just, gonna, the city could take something mm. by eminent domain. I mean, we have such a great city, and we're spoiled because you have a major interstate 495 coming down the east side of it, and 93 coming down the west side, and 213 connecting it. So where you guys are now, it's mm -hmm. perfect. You mm -hmm. go, if you have to get on one side of the city or the other mm -hmm. for an emergency situation, you can hop on a highway, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's pretty quick. So is it a matter of funding? Because uh, we keep talking about it this is. every time he comes on. Where so, does the funding for something like that come, come from? Well, it's not like schools, for example. There's, there's specific state funding for schools. You know, if you, you apply for the funding, if, you, if your proposal is good, if, there's, if the need is there, eventually you're going to get funded. It's not that for, 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 police, uh, for fire stations and police stations, that's not the case. I mean, really, you have to bond it locally. That's pretty much the only option. Is that option. what Lawrence did? Well, no. Lawrence, um, it, and that was um, That roughly place a, was a dump. That was a 15-year struggle. Oh. It was a 15-year struggle to secure, to secure that funding. Um, and they roughly, they were, they were able to secure $60 million for that, for that project. But um, Lawrence is in a completely different situation given the economics of that city. All right, so I want to talk about your sons. Um, you have two sons, Kyle and Liam. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't forgiven uh, Kyle for hitting a home run in the Little League <laughs> uh, 12 years ago. Very talented uh, baseball players. Uh, your kids played sports well, uh, with my kids. Uh, my kids went through through the marsh, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so now that so I found out that the third generation. Uh, firefighters. You must be very proud. They're, they're nice kids. Yeah, yeah. I have. Well, I, I call them kids. They're young adults now. I mean, how old are they? 22? 22, yeah. 22. got out of UMass. Kyle had to leave his senior year a little early because I went during COVID. They had to, They came home the first first year, came home in like March when COVID hit. I think that's amazing that it's these crazy. kids want to go into the same family. Yeah, it was, um, well, when they did that, I had them take an EMT course, and then Kyle started doing it out there. Liam's workload was a little much, but uh, Kyle started working at, like, events, you know, games and stuff. 
in EMS after he got his um, after he got his uh, EMT, and then Liam had it, but didn't really do a kind of work back here in the summer. So where did they start out? They start out. So so yeah. So now they start him, and so. Kyle left like three months early because once you're on that list, we go right down the list. So if you get done, you can only say no twice. Third time, you have to take it. So Liam had said no once. I didn't think Liam was going to do it, but he ended up getting out, and he did it. He graduated, and, um, you know, they love it. They, they just went to the academy, and, um, yeah, so they're third generation, but they're on the ambulance and in dispatch right now. So they, and, is that where you start out new, new recruits on the ambulance? Yeah, in the ambulance, and, and then – yeah, so they're, and their third generation, my grandfather, I mean, my father was this, so their grandfather was a Lawrence firefighter for 31 years. That mm. is mm. amazing. Public service in the family. How about how about you? You have any uh, children in, in Methuen? I, I do. Um, so shortly after being fortunate enough to get the job here, um, within the first three months or so, I did move here to Methuen. So I live um, here now with my um, my 19-year-old daughter and my 15-year-old daughter. My 15-year-old is a uh, junior at Central Catholic and... <laughs> and my oldest daughter um she's in a kind of like a hybrid program she's actually a student at north shore community college and but she dorms at salem state college any interest in in the criminal justice for your kids or no i don't think so but there's there's some loose interest in uh becoming a firefighter oh really <laughs> yeah take them on yeah, yeah. Every, everybody needs help so that that's great so i want to talk to you about some crime statistics we we showed a video last week um this is for you, Chief McNamara. Yeah. Um, we showed a video last week of uh, some kids um, beating up somebody at Lawrence High, and I, I did some I did some research. The United States of America is five percent of the world's population, but yet we incarcerate twenty percent of the world's population. I think we have a rehabilitation issue. Mm-hmm. It's got to be frustrating for you and everyone in law enforcement that you arrest somebody for selling drugs or committing crimes, and then they're back out on the street. Uh, do you feel that we need reform in the criminal justice system? Sure. I mean, I think we've seen the last several years that the pendulum kind of is, is swung towards alternative types of um, resolutions, um, and that has not really kind of played out very well. I think you simply have to look to the West Coast to see the roving bands of thieves that are going into department stores and looting. That's um, because they refuse to prosecute those right. people. So, I mean, if, if it's not going to be a crime anymore um, to break into someone's car or to, or to, you know, to go into a retail store, what you end up seeing is eventually these stores close. Eventually people stop going to those cities. Eventually people start moving from those cities to other places. So, um, in fact, that issue just came up in one of our staff meetings the last couple of days. It may seem minimal to us inside the police department when we or, or not in, in terms of the level of importance, but when we make arrests for things like shoplifting, I'm telling my people, I'm like, this is stuff, stuff that we need to put out on social media. Let our community know that we're still enforcing these laws because I, I think that, you know, there's a generation now that looks to these YouTube videos and they say, wait a minute, I can do this too. And I can do it right here in Methuen. Don't get me and we started. want to tell, you're not going to do it here in Methuen. You're going to face consequences for it. I, I think we're all relatively the same age. And when we grew up, you you feared your parents. Yeah. There was two parents in the household, and nowadays there's a lot of households with a single parent families. Yeah. And we talked about this last week. You know, the moms are out working two jobs, or the grandparents are trying to keep up with these kids, and they just can't do it. And without that structure in the home, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you guys run into kids that have really bad attitudes and, and stuff, and it, it's hard. It's, it's, it's really, really hard. Yeah. You know what, just on, I mean, I, forgive me for jumping in here, but when, you, when we started this discussion, because we spoke off the air, it just it escaped me. You asked what some of the challenges are, and one of the yeah. obvious challenges is the mental, mental health issue that is so pervasive throughout the country, really. Um, we're seeing between 25 and 30% of all of our calls for service have a mental health hook to it. And it's quite a draw and resource in, bo- in both pl- uh, police and fire. So I do want to say that we have made some inroads. And my thanks to um, Mayor Perry and uh, Councilor Ferretra, both were, who are on the ground floor of kind of sp- uh, spearheading a, um, a mental, health t- mental health task force in the city. And you know, what we do now is we get to, we've, for several months now, we've been getting together with stakeholders throughout, our, throughout the city, um, the fire chief, myself, and, and uh, the superintendent's office, uh, various department heads, and kind of thinking outside of the box of how we're going to attack this issue. But um, one of the things we did over the last year, and I have to thank an internal employee to the Methuen Police Department. She's our director of crime analysis. Her name is Dawn Reby, but um, she kind of spearheaded our efforts to obtain grant funding. And in the last several months, we've landed two really significant grants, $550,000 to provide follow-up response for mental health clinicians, and another 400000 to provide um, crisis intervention team response. And that's with, with the mental health clinician riding with the police officer proactively in our community. Really? Yeah, that's, to kind of go great. out there and deal mm-hmm. with it. So when we talk, we talk about re, you know, those, those slogans like reimagining policing, this is one of those issues where there's widespread consensus. We're, we're ready to reimagine, reimagine policing when it comes to the mental health crisis. We don't have a lot of tools at our disposal. We have handcuffs. And we have the Lawrence, uh, the Methuen Fire Department, when we say, you know, take them, take them to the hospital. The hospital we need yeah. another alternative, and I'm happy to say that helps yeah. on the way. So I think we're going to get to a better place very soon on that. And hats off to, um, like, as I said, the mayor for really kind of leading that effort. And, um, and I, I certainly want to acknowledge Council Fretcher, who was a, a huge part of it as well. All right, real quickly, I want to touch on the days in. Um, it's a drain. I had Councilor um, Beauregard and Councilor uh, Desaglio on. They were talking about their frustration. Um, do you see an uptick in calls uh, for both of your departments there? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we we did an analysis a couple months back, and uh, we looked at an eight month the eight month period before it became a shelter, and the eight month period after, and we so saw it's officially a shelter now. Well, I, I think it's fair to fair yeah. to say it's a shelter. Um, we saw an eighty five percent increase in calls for service, so quite a draw. Eighty five percent. Sure. Yeah. Now I will say, in fairness. Um, a, a large percentage of those calls are, are are proactive efforts to make sure there are no issues there. So we're doing things like park and walks, you know, check-ins, you know, stop and walking through the hallways, you know, just basically letting the the population of people that live live in that um, building. A there. Yeah, the, the, we're here for them. Yeah. We're here to make sure that they're safe and um and they feel supported by their police department. And I know that uh, the yeah. fire chief has been doing many of the same things. Mm. Well, that's great. All right. Well, it's time. We're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna go into the lightning round. Do something fun. So, keep it cute. oh, here we go. So All right, gentlemen. Nice. If you're not prepared for this, we want our viewers to see the human side of, of our, our police chief and our fire chief. So, I'm gonna ask you some silly, silly holiday themed questions. Are you ready as well? I was gonna say, am I included in of this? Of course you okay, are. Let's go. All right. Question number one. I'm gonna start with you, Tim. If you were an elf, what would your name be? John. John the Elf. That's my real name. (laughs) (laughs) Scott. 
I can't go with Scott. I'll go with my middle name, James, I guess. <laughs> no, no, nothing fancy. I, I would call myself Meatball the Elf. Ah, Meatball. I'd go with Twinkie. 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 I like that one. That okay. Good. What is your favorite holiday cookie? I'm not a real cookie person. I, maybe chocolate chip, but yeah, it's not necessarily great. a holiday cookie, but it's a cookie nonetheless. Yeah. You're not a cookie person either? Put it in the shape chocolate, of a gingerbread man. Chip. I'm sitting here with two Irish guys. Yeah. yeah. Holiday cookie? Yes. I don't know. Good proper gingerbread, not this... Nonsense. You My mother makes an Italian almond <clears throat> cookie. Oh, those are good. That's, uh, there you go. those called, are good. Those it's are called good. pasta man. She, she grinds no, the almonds into a flour. Wow. Yeah, and they weren't ready this week, so whoever comes in next week <laughs> might, might get them. All okay. right, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you in, um, what's the one thing that you like to add to eggnog or hot chocolate? This is, should be an Irish question. Uh, put, I'd put uh, hot chocolate. Yeah. I had some yesterday. I put a little uh, uh, Bailey's in it. Well, Ryan, Bailey's Ryan's yeah. Irish cream. That's, actually, no, that's really sweet. That's good stuff. A yeah. marshmallow, yeah. perhaps? <laughs> so wholesome. I don't really drink either one of those things. So. <laughs> really? I, I never did, I might put a marshmallow in. And, I found a little uh, screwball whiskey in Florida Keys the other day, and I shared a bottle with Dave Abdu. Well, there's an idea. And, um, yeah. it's, it's got a little bit of a kick. Yeah. I'm not a big drinker anyways. I have but, one, and I'm oh, done. Oh, I tell you, you want to come down to Sadie's Bar and Grill here in Salem, By the way, I just want to point out that I love that guy, Dave Abdu. Um, I told you off the air. So him and I are like best friends. Um, We just vacationed together. And when we were together, when when you were hired, and he said, you're lucky that guy is top shelf. So I've known him for 40 years. We do everything together. Well, he's a, talk he's a about great top guy. shelf. And yeah, he's if, a good guy. There's a picture of him under, under the words top shelf in the, in the dictionary. <laughs> Just a great guy. Like he, he grew up in the same neighborhood that I did and a couple years older than me, but someone we, we always looked up to back then and to this day. Yeah, uh, I, and I, lo- I love his wife and kids. They're, greatest, uh, they're great people. All right. Who is the hardest person to buy gifts for in your family, mm-hmm. friends, whatever? Good, Tim. Kathy. Mm-hmm. Kathy's tough, huh? Well, she, 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 she returns return everything because she said she could get a better deal. <laughs> oh, my God. I have the same problem. So if she wants something that's more money, she says, oh, you pay too much for this thing. Mm-hmm. I return it. I'd say my dad, and I could, I could also say my mom, they, they, they'll say to me, if I want something, I'll go out and get it. About you. <laughs> I find most adults at this point are, yeah, because if they want, like we're at this point, we're yeah. all at, most of us are in a position where you just go get it if you want it. So it's hard to buy for I'm going to say my wife, she returns everything. It's, yeah. it's a nightmare. Yeah, see? you guys are, I see, go- from a female perspective, I'm like, no one returns my stuff. Like, I'm amazing. Um, really? But yeah, I feel bad for all three of you. I'm sure the wives are, uh, are yeah. Well, it's boring just handing a gift certificate, right? Yeah. yeah I oh, I don't do that. Never. Uh, yeah. I want right. to point out that oh. it, that's not the case for my 15-year-old daughter. She gives me a laundry list of things that she wants. Oh, God bless her. That's, that actually makes it easier. Yeah. 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 All right. Favorite toy you ever got on Christmas? Oh, um, I would say it was a Teddy Ruxpin. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was a, It was a talking stuffed teddy bear. You put like a cassette tape in the back. Aging myself here, folks. You put a cassette tape in the back, and then you like press the button on his arm, and he would talk. And yeah. I'm the oldest person move. on this stage. What yeah. about, Scott, I'll start with you. You're talking about all time? Hmm? I think it was about As a kid. 11 or 12, maybe Atari. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a big day. Right there. Ryan is a stuffed animal. I got a stuffed animal when I was a kid, and yeah. I, I, my mom had to keep sewing it because I just um, kept You've still carrying got it. everywhere. Yeah. You still got it, don't you? What is box. the worst present, I'm going to start with you, that you ever received? Better not say something from your wife. <laughs> the worst? Uh, I don't know, goofy clothing or something like that. 
someone just buys me something, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to wear this thing. Yeah. Okay. What's the inside of a shower curtain, like the, the, the barrier between the shower curtain? Oh, yeah, yeah, like the, yeah, that thing. Someone gave you a shower curtain? My ex-wife would be embarrassed. I don't want to get too deep into this story, but I did receive that once for Christmas. Oh, that's awful. Interesting. That's, that's awful. Yeah. She must have wanted a new wow. one. Uh, I, I go the gift certificate, because to me it means you put no thought into that's it. That's right. See? And some people be like, yeah, but it means I want you to get what you want. And I'm like, yeah, but you could get me the tiniest, cheapest thing, but if I know you put your heart into it, you thought about it, that's more heartwarming to me. So I got I'm, a 19, I'm a sucker for I got that. a 1999 Super Bowl edition Monopoly game in 2004. Interesting. <laughs> so that was... You're a big that, Super Bowl fan. Regifting. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's going to be another one of our crush. Um, <laughs> all right. Scott, I'll start with you. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Holiday tradition. Um, I guess like maybe on Thanksgiving, just getting together with um, family members, friends, and just watching the NFL football. Okay. Um, Christmas Eve for, for, for my family, just because everybody comes Christmas Eve, my brother, sisters, niece, oh, nice. nephews, everybody. So we have it at our house. We have 30 some odd people there. And it's I, great. I agree with both of them because I do. I like the Thanksgiving thing outside of the football. No offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're yeah. getting together with family. And for us, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas for Eve. For me, we it's Christmas both. Eve. We do uh, the consoles. Yeah. We do joke gifts. Uh, somebody bought me. Oh, I love that. Uh, penis soap. You know, oh, soap boy. with a hole in it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's raunchy gifts. <laughs> and you got my elderly parents there. You know, you're shocking them. So it's, nice. it's, it's pretty funny. So, um, okay. I'm going to start with you. Who's the person in your house that gets stuck taking down the decorations? Me. <laughs> Easy one. Well, K- Kathy starts it, then I have to keep getting up there, taking <laughs> yeah. everything down. I Everybody wants to help that. putting them up, right? Yeah. Your daughter's right. help? Wow. Nobody yeah, helps help. me put them yeah. up. Trying to they, watch they help TV putting them up, not so much taking them down. It, 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 that yeah. would fall to me. My cat actually loves helping take them down way before Christmas is over, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's probably taking them down right now while I'm not at home. <laughs> All right, we'll get off of Christmas for a minute. What's your favorite thing to do on Christmas Eve, um, New Year's Eve? Stay home for me. Yeah. Amateur yeah. And hope you guys don't get calls. I was going to say, not yeah. work for you, too. Like, please. Go to Tim's get, house. Yeah, get together with friends. I'd Tim's rather house. stay in because there's too many people out that oh, night and, yeah. you know. So one of my favorite things is my wife pulls out the old home movies when the kids were babies. Oh, yeah. it's, that's it's, cute. It's, uh, it's really kind of cool. All right, next question. What's your fa- I'm going to start with you. Okay. What's your favorite holiday song? Mm. Jeez. I got two. I can't, de- I can't define it. Both. So uh, Christmas Don't Be Late, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And I uh, also love Melikaliki Maka. All right, I'm going to go next. I like Burl Ives, Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. That's a good one. That's one of mine. Yeah. Tim. White Christmas. Yeah. Oh, what am I picking? A Christmas song? Yeah, yeah favorite Christmas Somebody give me song. one. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah There you go. That's mine right there. Chief, how could one. you drive around and not hear? <laughs> he likes drummer boy. He's like, all right. That works. I'll take that. All right, Christmas morning. Would you rather get a useful gift or a fun gift? I'll start with you, Scott. I could use a like a um, brand new golf driver. I consider so that useful. useful. So I'm yeah. going to go useful. Useful. I'm going to go with fun. I'm going to go with fun. I'll buy something useful that I need. So I'd like something fun because I feel like it wouldn't be something. We, we have I not been pick. unanimous. Not I once. I don't. I don't right, know. Let's go. We only have thirty seconds. We got to get yeah, on right? the same page. I'm just going to shut the video down in thirty. What's seconds. the worst reaction you ever got to a gift that you gave? If someone tells it, uh, it's nice. 
The worst reaction? Yeah, that's I don't. That's offensive. The, don't tell me it's nice. Little <laughs> kids when they go close. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Close. I, I don't. I don't have anything unique. Yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with the same. I know I've reacted poorly to some gifts, but I can't remember anyone doing it to me. Yeah, my father said I don't want this straight out. So that's like the worst the thing wow. that you know. Yeah, he's he's in his nineties. So. All right. Have you ever given or received a regifted gift, Tim? Well, we do that in the uh, Yankee Swap. Yeah. Always, I, it, well, it just comes back. The same thing keeps yeah. coming back every year, you know. Yeah. So yes. I brought a bad yeah, gift. I, I, You've given or received? I've received the same gift two years in a row from the same person. That's terrible. <laughs> no way. You should arrest them. I, feel like you didn't get the I think I left it in the car or something, and he just gave it to me again the next year. Yeah, I can't think of any at all. <laughs> we have My wife's friends have a Yankee Swap, and um, someone kept... Uh, re-gifting a bottle of colon cleanse it was terrible that's just that's yeah. just like the worst gift all right i'll Delightful. do i'll do awesome. i got time for one more one more all right better be a good one all right let me go through these um i don't know which one i want to all right what's the best stocking stuffer in your opinion we'll go with something like that that's such an open-ended scratch question. tickets oh actually, that's, that's a good that's one. a good one yeah um, Go gift card. Money. Gift card. <laughs> <laughs> it, gift card can be in a stocking because no one's saying like that's yeah, just yeah, random that's stuff. Just, I'll I accept agree. gift cards. All right. You know what? Hit the I got one for hit, you. Hit the I got one for you. All right, who, gives the, who gives you the best gifts in your family? My wife. Oh, that's it. You don't even care. Like I, I didn't think you would pick. But yeah, she gives yeah, the best gifts. Yeah. And my kids, are pre- my kids are pretty good. I, I, I kind of sit there and feel guilty, you know, when they buy, over, overdo it. But I, I take a lot of joy. Yeah. And watching Giving. my kids, Same. And, you know, like yeah. somebody, we uh, had somebody smash my wife's car, and I bought her a car for Christmas. It wasn't the it, it wasn't the reaction that I expected. She told me that I was out of control. <laughs> yeah. She didn't have a vehicle. What are you going to do? All I right, you, she still kept. You can roll up, Mel. All right. How about we hit the sponsors and? Uh, yep. But before I do that, I want to thank yeah. our guest, uh, Chief Scott McNamara. I appreciate you coming in, and mm. as always, Tim, I love seeing you. Thanks, brother. Nice to my see friend, you. Yeah, uh, Chief Sheehy. Um, so if you roll that up, I'll grab our sponsors. I got it here somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know what I did with it. And I want to thank I want to thank Chrissy for accommodating me this week. Of course. I think I may be back next week. Um, we want to say uh, get well to Tom Duggan. Get well, Tom. Um, yeah. Yep, he should be get back. Well, um, get well, Tom. We miss you. I believe it may be one more week, but he should be back shortly thereafter. Right. So thank you, Tom, for allowing me to fill in. Um, our want to thank our sponsors: Century Twenty One, McClellan Real Estate. Marsan and Son Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, the Doug Mercurial Law Office, Borelli's Deli, we'll get that sandwich of the day next week, yeah. uh, Tomo Shake and Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England, AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscape Contractors, Part 28, Loaded, Designing Pesh Law Office, and a free shout-out to JG's Ice Cream. And come on down to Sadie's Bar and Grill tonight in Salem, New Hampshire. Come play music bingo with us, maybe win some prizes. It's a good time, and I'll be there. All right. Mel says we got to go home. So let's go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.